I almost, I almost said, I don't know about you, but I do know about you. And I know you are like me. You're never going to forget about Honest Thomas. Hallelujah. He preached the word of God into our hearts. And he's going to come tonight and do the same thing. We, we love and honor this man of God. He sacrifices, he and his family, his wife, Sister Amy Levine, and their children. They, they sacrifice uh, for the kingdom of God and, uh, and do, are doing a phenomenal work all across the world, preaching the gospel in so many nations around the world. We are honored and privileged to have him in Cincinnati, Ohio. Thank you, worship team, my goodness, and prayer team, Brother Purdy. God bless you for this wonderful atmosphere of, of Holy Ghost power. God is in this place. He's ready to do a work, and we're ready to hear the word. Let's give Brother Levine a great big hand as he comes. Bless you, my friend. Bless you, man. Why don't we do that to the Lord? Would you clap your hands and give him praise all across this room? Hallelujah. I think we can do a little better than that. Would you clap your hands and would you lift your voice to the King of Kings and to the Lord of Lords. God, we honor you. Hallelujah. We praise your name. We love you, Jesus. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. I like what I feel in the house on Sunday night. Look at somebody near you. Smile at them as big as you can and say it sure is good to see you here tonight. Amen. Amen. As you're turning in your Bibles to the book of Acts chapter 1, I want to say what an honor it is to be here with you. Uh, I enjoyed the service this morning. I enjoyed your worship. I enjoyed your response. Enjoyed those being filled with the Spirit for the first time and those being refilled with the Spirit. And uh, what, a, what a great day to be a part of the church give honor to your pastor and his wife and family. Uh, love these people dearly. Thank God for them and what they add to the kingdom, not only here in Cincinnati, but around the world. Uh, God has given you absolutely uh, impeccable leadership, and I thank God uh, for that. I thank God for uh, Bishop Buller here tonight, for the Enos as well, and uh, just wonderful to be a part of the family of God. I give honor to my family. They're not able to be here. Uh, they may be. Uh, tuned in on, on the live stream. I'm not quite sure about that, uh, but if they are, pardon me for a second. Uh, hi, guys. I love you wherever the camera is. I don't know. Uh, love you, miss you, and I'll see you tomorrow, Lord willing. I've got uh, three beautiful children, uh, Zion, Asher, and Finley Grace. I gave them a picture. I don't know if we got that worked out. Uh, is the picture? Oh, okay. There they are. All right. That's, that's, that's the three of them. There's... Uh, that was, we were preaching in the Washington, D.C. area, and they were able to come with me a couple of weeks ago. Zion on the right is 10 years old. Little Finley Grace in the middle is 5 years old. And Asher on the left is just turned 8 years old this week. And so uh, and I think I got another picture of my family as well. My wife, there's my wife. You know, ladies, she'd probably kill me because I just picked a random picture out of my phone. And so if she is watching, I'm sorry, babe, I didn't run the pictures by you that I was supposed to show. But uh, there, there's my family. And I've got to brag on my kids a little bit. I, you know, when you're away on weekends like this and, and uh, away from them, we have a good home church, a wonderful home church, and they're very involved.
involved in their home church, my wife and the kids are, but you just, you know, you miss being able to worship with them and, and being able to be in service. It's just, you know, every area of ministry has some sacrifice. I'm not whining or complaining, but I miss being with them. And I was literally just thinking this morning, man, I wish I could be in service with them today. And uh, my wife sent me several pictures of them, uh, my boys, in the altar, on their face. Do you have that picture? Uh, uh, on their face in the altar uh, during the worship service, just laid out. And so, man, I just... I started tearing up, and I thank God for it, and uh, praise, uh, thank God. You know, our kids are never too young, never too young. I, I thank God for children's ministry and, and nursery ministry and all of those wonderful, wonderful ministries of the church that are so important and so vital, but they are never too young to be in a service like this and experience the power and the presence of God, and God start talking to them. It was about five and a half years old for me that God started talking to me, that God started dealing with me. And uh, you said the same today in our lunch, Pastor, that, that God started dealing with your heart at that young age. It was when I was about five years old that God first started talking to me about what he was going to call me to do. So I thank God for our kids, don't you? I thank God for a church that recognizes that our kids have value and God can speak to our kids. Acts chapter 1 and verse number 9 is where I'm going to be reading. Acts chapter 1 and verse number 9. I'm reading from the New King James Version. Sorry to our media team. I did not give you this ahead of time. And so I extend my sincerest apologies. Acts chapter 1 verse number 9. When he had spoken these things while they watched, he was taken up. And a cloud received him out of their sight. And while they looked steadfastly toward the heaven as he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel. And they said to these men, they said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand here gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus who was taken up from you will so come in like manner as you saw him go into heaven. Aren't you thankful tonight that we have a promise that one day he's coming back? Again, aren't you thankful for that? They returned, the Bible says, to Jerusalem from the mount called Olivet, which is near Jerusalem, a Sabbath day's journey. And when they had entered Jerusalem, the Bible says they went into the upper room where they were staying. Look at your neighbor and say the upper room. And verse 14, next verse, and these all continued with one accord in prayer and supplication. The Bible says they gathered together and they were with unity and they were with prayer together in that upper room. I, I want to talk to you for the next few minutes uh, and I, I I'm just going to title this a pattern for revival, a pattern for revival. And I want to look at this passage and the beginning of the book of Acts specifically and what that means for us in 2018 and what God is doing at the Tree of Life Church. Would you lay your Bibles down and would you lift up your voice to heaven and ask Jesus to talk to us tonight through the authority of his word just whatever level of relationship you have with God right now, would you just reach up a prayer to heaven and ask Jesus to help us here tonight? God, we don't want anything that man can do or... 
God, certainly nothing that man can, can accomplish or perform, but God, we want to hear from your word and we want to receive from your spirit tonight. Have your way in this place, oh God, we pray. God, we give this service to you all the remainder of our time together and we ask that you would speak to us Help us tonight, Jesus. Fill somebody with the Holy Ghost, God. Fill somebody with your spirit. God, let us be strengthened and encouraged, Lord, by your word in Jesus' name. And let the church say amen. amen. And why don't you turn to somebody and tell them to follow the pattern before you're seated. When you've done that, you can be seated in Jesus' name. I believe that we are living in the greatest hour of revival that the church has ever witnessed in its history. Greater than any day that was seen in our past and in our uh, modern history. And I would submit to you that we are living in a greater day of harvest and revival and increase than the church has seen since the book of Acts. Of course, uh, when I speak of the church, you understand I am not speaking of a particular address or location. I am not speaking of uh, the Tree of Life Church, though we are a part of the larger church, uh, the global church. I am speaking of a worldwide body of believers, uh, people of the name of Jesus, people who have been bought with his blood. I am, I am speaking of the church. Somebody say the church. We are living in a great day for the church, we are living in a day that is pregnant with the fulfillment of prophetic utterances of old. We are living in a day where prophecies are being fulfilled and coming to pass right before our very eyes. We are living in a day that is a, an, a day of excellent opportunity for the church. But while it is a day of excellent opportunity for the church, it is also a day of great uncertainty in our world at large. Our world is in chaos and our world is in turmoil. Uh, our, our world is in turmoil in every form and fashion. Our own country is in turmoil from the top to the bottom. We are, uh, we are, we are, we've not been in a good place for some time, spiritually speaking, in our country. And in our world is, is no better. There is a growing sense of fear in the world. There's a growing sense of fear among uh, the citizens of our own nation that something of epic proportions is just around the corner. I've heard people discuss that perhaps it's the war to end all wars or maybe it's a nuclear war that is going to break out or maybe it's some conflict with some other country. Maybe it's a, a large conflict within our own country. There is this growing sense of fear and anxiety and anticipation. Uh, one of my children was at the doctor just this week and the pediatrician uh, told my wife Wife, our pediatrician that we've had uh, since our first child was born, she said we are seeing, uh, I don't know the numbers, my wife could tell you, but uh, she shared with her we're seeing an incredible rise in small children, elementary school children being uh, diagnosed with severe depression and severe anxiety. It's, it's They're picking up on what we as adults are feeling. Uh, it's being transmitted to them. We are living in a day that is full of anxiety and full of fear and full of worry.
worry and full of uncertainty. But can I remind you that the, the climate of the world has never been a good thermostat for the church. Can I tell you and remind you that as bad as it may get in our society, culturally, uh, uh, spiritually, politically, uh, as bad as it can get, uh, that the church is living in a day of promise. That the church is living in a day uh, of promised revival. Not because I said it and not because pastor said it and not because uh, some church group or denomination said it, but because... Because God said it. God said in the last days I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. It's the promise of God. He said, your old men, your young men, your servants and handmaidens, your, your sons and your daughters, they're going to be prophesying, dreaming dreams and seeing visions and every kindred race, tribe and tongue is going to be talking in tongues as the Spirit gives the utterance. God said, somebody shout, God said. God said all of this is going to happen in the end of times, in the last of the last days. God also said in Haggai 2.9 that the glory of the latter, we know there was a, a modern uh, interpretation, a, a present interpretation if you will then, but it certainly applies to the day we're living today. That the glory of the latter would be greater than that of the former, indicating that what God would do in the last days of the church would be greater greater than anything the church has ever seen before. God said through the prophet Joel that the former rain was poured out moderately or literally with measure. It was poured out with measure. But that the latter rain, in other words, what God was going to do in the day that you and I are living in, it would be poured out with great abundance. Now, well, let me just interpret that for you. What God said is, uh, in that the day that you and I are living in, uh, when the signs of the times all come together, uh, and it's evident that we are living in the last of days, uh, that God said, in that hour, at the very same time that men's hearts are failing them for fear, at the very same time that people are full of fear, anxiety, uh, and depression, at the very same time that nations are rising against nation may I remind you that if you are the people of God if you're a part of the church that you have a different promise altogether because God said for the church while the world may be going down the church has a promise that there is going to be a global outpouring of my spirit the likes of which the world has never seen there's going to be miracles and signs and wonders and outpourings. Uh, and I'm happy to report to you, we are living in that day right now. There are more people being filled with the Holy Ghost every year than were filled with the Holy Ghost uh, that we have record of in the entirety of the book of Acts. Uh, God is pouring out His Spirit. There are miracles, signs, and wonders. Uh, and it's happening all over the world. I've seen it happen uh, in, in a few dozen countries. And I've seen it happen uh, in a majority of the U.S. states. And I'm telling you, uh, don't think for just a minute that God is going to pour out His Spirit on some uh, foreign soil or in some other place uh, far and distant 
and he's going to overlook the faithful believers uh, that have walked with him and talked with him for years uh, right here in Cincinnati at the Tree of Life Church. Uh, can I tell you, God sees you. Uh, he knows you by name. Uh, he knows where you're at. And we are living uh, in a day of promise. Uh, if you believe that, you ought to clap your hands and give God a shout of faith. Come on, if you believe that we're living in a day of promise for this church, you ought to take about a little five-second praise break right now, and you ought to clap your hands and thank Jesus that you're living in this day. I thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. You, you can be seated. The church that we read about in the book of Acts, a church that is celebrated, a church that we preach about and teach about, Wonderful to see the miracles that happened there. I'm telling you, we're living in a day of greater miracles. But that church, it was birthed on the heels of Jesus' command when he told them that you are to go into all the world. And you are to preach the gospel to every creature. You're to preach and you're to make disciples. He was giving them the command that it's your job to go and to grow my kingdom. Everybody say go. And everybody say grow. Can I tell you, that's still the job of every believer in this church. <laughs> Thank you, 17 of you. All right. Uh, that's still the job of every believer. That's not the job of the paid staff in the church. Well, can I preach to you a little bit tonight? It's not the job of the pastor and his select dozen. No, it's the job of every believer in the church to grow and to, to go and to grow the kingdom of God in your life and uh, through everybody that you touch and with everybody that you're in contact with. I'm telling you, uh, God has given us a command, and not only did He give them the command, but He gave them He gave them the power of His Spirit. In other words, if I can put it this way, He gave them. He didn't give them the finished product. God didn't open up the windows of heaven and say, here's the book of Acts church, signed, sealed, and delivered, and dropped down buildings all over in the major cities of that day, filled with wonderful, faithful people, pastors and leadership teams and flow charts. No. He gave them a command and his spirit. He gave them the raw materials, if you will. To go use, to produce, with his help, by his spirit, the finished product. I'm telling you that this revival that I'm, I'm talking about tonight, it doesn't happen by accident. It doesn't just fall into our lap accidentally one day. But, but it's something that is pursued by the believer who takes God at his word and says, I want to see it in my life. Now, as you look in the book of Acts, there is a distinguishable pattern of growth. It's very clear. It's very evident. There's this pattern of growth from the beginning of the book of Acts throughout. They start with 12 disciples and then... They, from that 12, they go to the upper room and there's 120. Well, actually, let me back up a little bit. They, they went from 12 down to 11. <laughs> I know it doesn't fit with the math they teach in schools, but in God's economy, sometimes you do really add by subtracting. <laughs> 
Well, I don't think I need to explain that. If you know, you know. <laughs> Sometimes you, you do have addition by subtraction. They, they, they went from 12 to 11, and then back to 12, and then 120, and then they went to about 3,000, and then they went about uh, to about 5,000, and then they went to multitudes, and then they went to where it was daily. Every day they were being added to the, not just on Sundays, not just on Sabbaths, uh, not just on midweek Bible studies, but every day they were being added to the church now watch this I haven't come to try to reveal to you or, or lift out of the scriptures some uh, uh, hidden Bible mystery code of, uh, of growth and revival in these numbers there's nothing like that there and anybody that tells you they have it well go listen to somebody else uh, but there's no hidden code in those numbers it's just a distinguishable pattern of consistent growth in the church now now how, how does this happen it, it, how, how do they go from 12 to uh, 120 to 3,000 then to 5,000 until daily they are being added to the church well if you're going to see why if you're going to understand the why you've got to look at this pattern and how it played out in the book of acts now hear me this is these are principles that can be applied in any church in any believer's life, in any time. They're not bound by time and custom and culture, but they apply to us here tonight. Now, I don't know about you, but I, for one, want God's kingdom to grow where I'm at. Let me try that again. I don't know. I think I do know about you, like Pastor said. I want God's kingdom to grow in me. I want it to go through me. I, I, I want his kingdom to grow at my local church where I worship. I want believers to be added to the church. I, I heard somebody one time say, well, it's not all about numbers. That's a pretty, well, I'm going to get in trouble at Sunday night. Is this being live streamed? It is, right? Uh, somebody said, well, you know, we're counting all these numbers being added to the church. It's not all about numbers. I said, that's a pretty ignorant statement, really. What? Well, if, if I believe that every number that's added to the kingdom of God that repents of their sins is baptized in Jesus' name, that, that, that every, every, every person that has a, a transforming experience with the gospel of Jesus Christ, where they lay their habits and their addictions down, and they lay their hang-ups down, and they come to walk with Jesus as a disciple and a follower of Christ, if I believe that every soul matters, then every number matters. Because the reality is, uh, if 12 people find Jesus uh, at the Tree of Life Church, uh, there's a good chance that they're going to be connected to some of you. That means if, if, if 50 people over the next month uh, come and become a disciple of Jesus and have a transforming experience in their life, guess what? Uh, that may be your child. Uh, that may be your grandchild. Uh, that may be your brother. Uh, that may be your mother who's been addicted for years. Uh, that may be your stepfather who's been an alcoholic. Uh, so, so let me just pause here to let you know that every soul matters uh, in the kingdom of God. Uh, 
I don't know about you, but I want the church to see explosive growth. Uh, I want to see uh, exponential growth. I, will, I don't want them to see uh, just added by threes and fours, but I want to see them added by twenties uh, and thirties and fifties uh, because I don't know about you, but I've got some people in my life I love uh, that need to find Jesus. I've got some people in my life uh, that I care about uh, that need to find Jesus. So you see this, this distinguishable pattern of growth. And if you look at what takes place, you see the problem is when we approach the book of Acts. As spirit-filled believers, when we approach the book of Acts, we, we pick up mid-story. We jump right to Acts chapter 2. And, and usually we jump to like verse 37 and 38. But sometimes we'll jump to verse 1 you know when the day of Pentecost was fully come whoo they were all in one place in one accord suddenly there came a sound from heaven and we, we start getting our shout beat going and man, and, and, and a sound is of a rushing mighty wind it filled all the and we get to going about Acts chapter 2 but, but we're not starting at the beginning well I just want to just want to wander around in this passage tonight if this is all right. Uh, and, and I think the Holy Ghost is going to help us. You see, we, we go, we pick up in the middle of the story and there are churches and there are believers that are frustrated as to why they are not seeing the kingdom of God grow in their life or in their location like it is reflected in the book of Acts. They're frustrated as to why it's not growing here like it grew there. Yet they want to say amen when the preacher says it's a greater day it's a day of greater harvest it's a day of greater increase but why aren't we seeing it to that level I would submit to you that you've got to understand the pattern and if you recognize the pattern revelation changes everything you see so we pick up in Acts chapter 2 but the reality is the story began all the way back the beginning of one and I would submit to you even at the end of the gospels when this one that they had walked with I, I, I preached about it a little bit this morning this one that they had uh, been with for years this one that had been their source uh, he had sustained them he had taught them he had preached to them he had he had been with them he had been their leader and he had been their friend and he had been their companion and now he he leaves them and he doesn't just leave them but he is brutally executed right in front of their eyes he's hung on a cross and he's terrorized and tortured right in front of them he hangs on the cross and they watch them put his body in a tomb can you imagine the trauma of someone that you were closer to than anybody in the world watching that play out in front of your eyes and so then they see him rise from the grave I preached about that this morning they they, they, they experience the resurrected Savior and so there's joy and there's celebration and rejoicing but the disciples had this problem where, where they didn't always understand the ways of God they didn't always understand the ways that, that he was working in fact sometimes their lack of understanding caused them to work against what Jesus was trying to do. Oh, help us, Holy Ghost. Help us, Holy Ghost. Can I tell you that if you don't understand how God is working and what God is doing in your flesh, you may be guilty of the same thing the disciples were guilty of, and that is working against the thing that Jesus is trying to accomplish. Well, 
Why, why do you think he had to reprimand them when the children came and wanted to sit on his lap and they wanted to chastise the children? Get out of here. You can't talk. You can't come sit. And Jesus reprimanded them and he said, listen, this is a, te- this is a teaching moment. This is an example. Everybody's got to come with the faith of a child. Why do you think he sent them on a Taco Bell run? When he was getting ready to go to the well and talk to the woman who was a woman of Samaria. And he sent them into the city to get food. Why? Because he was about to talk to a woman that they would have objected to. And and I guess he just kind of said, you know what? I don't have time to argue with you and to debate with you. I'm not going to prove my deity to you. You just go get Taco Bell. And he sends him down the road, and then he sits there and talks to the woman. And what's funny, even even further about that, is then the woman tries to argue with him. She says, wait a second, you can't talk to me. Culture says you and I shouldn't have anything to do with each other. And he still talks to her and breaks down the barrier. Why? Because Jesus was letting us know that there is nothing and no one that he will not move out of the way if it means getting to somebody uh, that he wants to reach to. Getting to somebody who's uh, hurting and broken, uh, whose life is a mess. Well, can I tell you, I don't care if you're a disciple or not. If you're in Jesus' way, you're an obstacle, and he will move you out of the way. That's why it's so important to understand what Jesus is doing, because I don't know about you, I don't want to get in his way. I don't want to get in his way. He said, I'm going to reach to whosoever will. And if you've got a problem with that, you can go into the town and buy food. See, the disciples, their lack of understanding was constantly getting them in trouble. And so here, you've got to imagine, they've watched him be crucified, rise, and now he's ascending into heaven. And we pick up in Acts chapter 1, and he's leaving them again. I mean, they're going to they're gonna need some psychological help after this. I mean, he was with them and loved them. He left them, and then he's back, and then he leaves them again. Now, again, we have the end of the story. We can look back. We see the big picture. We know what Jesus was doing. But it's different when you're living in the story. Uh, well, because some of you know your word, and you know that God says he's going to take care of you, that he'll never leave you or forsake you. But, can, but when you're in the middle of the struggle... And when you're in the middle of the dark night and you don't know how it's going to work out, you don't know how it's going to end up, you may know in your head that he knows the way that I take. And when he has tried me, I'll come forth as pure gold. It's another. It's one thing to know that in your head. It's another thing for that message to get to your emotions and get to your heart. Am I preaching to anybody right now? They were living in the story. They were living in the scenario where Jesus now leaves them again and culture has turned against them their leader has left them and he tells them to go to Jerusalem and just wait just hang out and wait and so we pick up in our text the pattern of revival in the book of Acts begins with loss it be, I would submit to you that it begins with some suffering some lack of understanding. I just, it, it doesn't expressly say that, but if I, am I okay to, to just give you my opinion here, okay? Don't, I mean, my opinions and my opinion and about five bucks will get you a cup of coffee these days, okay? But in my opinion, 
It doesn't expressly say this. But if they had missed what Jesus was doing all those other times, I have to believe that they would have been in a bad state of mind at that very moment. He's left them. And even the angel's response to them further lends itself to this belief because they're standing there. Jesus ascends into heaven. And, I, and you get this picture that they're just all standing there. Like, okay, nice trick. Now, come back down. Come back. Come back, right? Because the angel standing there says, Why are you standing here staring up into heaven? Why are you gazing? Get up and go do what he told you to do. And so picture these believers. They gather together in the upper room. They get, they get together in the upper room just like Jesus had told them to do. So we begin Acts chapter 1 with their leader leaving. Look at your neighbor and say, he left. Turn to somebody else and say, loss. They had loss. I would call this, if I might, I would call this provoking. They, they were provoked. There were, they were not in a place of comfort. They were not in a place of ease. But there was something that provoked them. Can I tell you that the first step in the pattern of revival is always provoking. There are circumstances, there are things that occur that I cannot control, that I would choose to be different, uh, that I would like to be changed, uh, but nevertheless they are. Their leader leaves them, the culture is against them, they are running, they're scared, they're hiding in the upper room, they're doing what Jesus said and they're praying. Now they stay in the upper room and they pray, and they pray for some ten days, most scholars believe, uh, that they are praying together in an upper room for 10 days everybody say 10 days now just think about that for just a minute let's just let's just analyze this for a minute there's 120 people in one room <laughs> I mean you are for 10 days I'm out <laughs> I can't think of can I just be honest with y'all I can't think of 20 people on this earth that I'd want to be locked in a room with for 10 days, let alone 120. I, I got to be careful. My mother-in-law's at my house right now, and so if my wife's watching, the family's watching. But uh, I can't think of 10 family members that I'd want to be locked up in a room with. She said, me too. Thank you, sister, for being honest. I, I can tell you, I, I wouldn't want to be locked up in a room for 10 days with my own immediate family. Sorry, kids. You, uh, okay, some of you are like reluctant, but you're nodding. Just, it's okay to be honest. Honesty is good in the, in the house of God. Honesty is good. I'm, I'm one of those guys, I don't know about you, but on Thanksgiving and Christmas, I'm one of those guys that about halfway through the day, I'm out in the backyard just staring at the trees, you know, just kind of, you know. Anybody? 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 Okay, a few. I just need a little bit of me time. I just need it. I mean, it may be, you know, zero degrees and a, a blizzard, but I'm going to be, you know, doing something. It's just about 120 believers locked up in a room for 10 days and they're praying. They're, I guarantee you they had differences. I guarantee you their opinions all didn't all align. I guarantee you they are, weren't all from the same background, walk of life. They didn't share all the same cultural experiences. But what brought them together was the command of Jesus and their faith that something was about to fall from heaven. The likes of which 
which they had never seen before. Can I remind you that what unites us is greater than that which divides us. That what brings us together is more powerful than anything that would try to separate us as believers of Jesus. We are united by our faith. We are united by our experience with the resurrected Savior. And we are united by the fact that one day he is going to come back and I'm going to walk on streets of gold with you and you and you and we're going to spend eternity together. That's well, somebody ought to just clap your hands and give the Lord praise for that promise. That's why you got to be careful. You got to be careful. You got to check your spirit. When somebody gets you offended and you and people say things like, well, I can't go to church with him or I can't go to church with her. You better watch out because if you can't go to church with them, I don't know how you're going to spend eternity with them. Is that all right? That went right by some of you. Let me say it again. I don't know how you're going to spend eternity with them if you can't go to church with them. Some of you say, well, I doubt they're going to be there anyway. So, <laughs> Help us, Jesus. Help us, Jesus. So the book of Acts begins with provoking. Everybody say provoking. 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 Their leader leaves. Things are changing. And they had a choice to make. Anytime there is provoking in your life, you have a decision to make. Their response to the provoking was that they went to a place of prayer. God, help us, Jesus. Can I tell you, you cannot, when when life provokes you, when the enemy provokes you, whatever provoking is going on in your life, the adversary will try to get you to quit. He'll try to get you to throw in the towel. He'll try to get you to walk away. Just give it up. It's not worth it. God doesn't love you. He doesn't have anything good for you. He doesn't have purpose for your life. Can I tell you that if you want to see his revival played out in your world, if you want to see the kingdom grow in and through you. If you want to see the apostolic end time revival that is promised to the world then you've got to understand that when provoking comes there is only one proper response to provoking and that is to let it push you into a prayer room. Let it push you to a place of prayer. Let it push you to a place before God. And they prayed 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 I'm telling you right now they didn't know when the fire we know when the fire was going to fall but they didn't know when the fire was going to fall and so what do you do when you're being provoked and you don't know where the end is in sight you just keep on praying you just keep on praying you just keep on praying you just keep on seeking 
I'm preaching to some people right now in this church that God is working. God's at work, but you don't perceive it. God is moving in your life, but you don't recognize his hand. Because while you pray for provision and harvest and increase, you are looking for Acts chapter 2. But you got to understand that the pattern starts in Acts chapter 1. And if you don't recognize what you're looking for, you'll miss it as it goes right by. You see people pray for harvest and increase and revival and miracles, but then they resist the very gift that they've prayed for. Oh, you're not hearing me. Because it doesn't come wrapped in the package that they think it should be wrapped in. It doesn't come with the pretty little bow that we want our our presents with, right? Sometimes when you... You got to understand that a lot of God's gifts don't come wrapped like you want them to. You pray to be used of God, guess what he's going to give you? The gift of loneliness. You pray to be powerful in the kingdom of God, let me tell you how that gift's going to come wrapped. It's going to come wrapped in the ribbon of struggle. It's going to come wrapped in the paper of difficulty. And provoking. And if you don't recognize what you're looking for, I'm telling you there are churches and there are believers that are pushing against the very gift that they are praying for. Because you've got to understand the pattern. Everybody wants the pattern to start with the fire falling from heaven and filling the upper room and spilling out into the streets. But it doesn't start there. It starts with pain and trouble and trial because God's got to know how you're going to respond in the hard times are you going to just follow him when the loaves and the fishes are flowing are you just going to follow him when the miracles are happening or are you going to be able to be faithful are you going to walk with him through struggle are you going to walk with him through provoking Oh, somebody clap your hands and lift up a shout to your God. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm telling you, it comes and it looks like provoking uh, because God's got to know, are you in this thing for the long haul? Or are you just here for what you can get out of it? Are you just here for how it can improve your quality of life? Uh, I'm preaching that if there's somebody in this church uh, that says and makes up your mind tonight and says, you know what? Uh, I'm in this Jesus business, uh, come hell or high water. Uh, I'm in this thing, uh, no matter who comes uh, and who goes. Uh, I'm going to follow him. Uh, I'm going to love him. I'm going to serve him come daylight or dark night. I'm in this thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. Come on, somebody praise him and make your declaration right now. Somebody lift up your shout and make your declaration. you got to make up your mind. If you want to see the revival, if you want to see God's spirit poured out in your life, if you want to see the harvest and the increase in your ministry, in your home, in your marriage, the first thing you got to learn to do is how to respond to the provoking. And the only apostolic, the only scriptural response is to respond by taking that provoking to a place of prayer, by getting on your knees in the presence of God and saying, I'm going to seek you 
until something happens. I'm going to pray until something shifts. Oh, somebody clap your hands and lift up a shout. Somebody clap your hands and lift up a shout in the name of Jesus. I'll tell you why I feel the Holy Ghost leading us this direction tonight. Uh, because some of you see uh, that as a whole, tree of life is moving forward. Tree of life, God is giving us blessing uh, and God is growing the church. And uh, we're in a building campaign. I found out when I got here uh, and, and there's some great things that are happening. Uh, but while the church uh, seems to be advancing into harvest and increase, uh, you in your own personal life uh, are dealing with provoking. And you're dealing with struggle. And you're dealing with attack of the adversary. And it feels like, and watch this, this is one of the enemy's tactics to separate you from the church. Did you hear me? This is one of the enemy's tactics to divide and try to conquer the church. Because if he can get you to, if he can get you to, you know what? Listen, you don't fit in here because you got all this hell breaking loose in your life. And these look like a bunch of perfect people. So you ought to just go on down the road and find somewhere else to worship. And, and, and you know what? You don't, you don't need to be here because I mean, you and I, we got problems, right? And these people are all, per this is like one of those perfect churches. So we're going to go on down the road where we fit in a, 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 a little bit better, right? And the enemy will mess with your mind and try to get you to throw in the towel, try to get you to give up and call it quits. Because while the kingdom, while the church looks like it's moving forward, it feels like you in your own life may be in a place of stagnation or you may even be in a place of regression. But not, you see, knowledge is power. If you recognize the pattern, you can just laugh in his face and say, devil, you are a liar and you are the father of lies and there is no truth in you. You know what I can tell the devil when I'm in a provoking situation? Hey, I'm in good company uh, because that's where this book of Acts started uh, was with a little bit of provoking going on. Uh, and so you know what? I'm in good company uh, and I'm going to go ahead and do what they did. Uh, I'm going to take that provoking uh, to a place of prayer. Uh, I'm going to take that provoking uh, to my place at the altar. Jesus help us. Jesus help us. Come on, lift up your voice for just a minute. I feel the Holy Ghost here right now. Jesus help us. Jesus help us. Come on, you've talked to your friends about it. You've talked to your nana and your papa about it. You've talked to your auntie and you've talked to your brother and you've talked to the girl or the guy down the street. You've talked to somebody in the section over across from you in the church about it. But when was the last time you took your provoking to a place of prayer? When was the last time you got on your knees and said, God, I'm not getting up from this place until I feel your spirit, until I sense the moving of your hand on my life. Hey. 
we're, 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 in a, we're in a culture, we're living in a day where everybody's outraged over something. I mean, and, and everything gets blended together because people, we're living in a culture of outrage because people get outraged about many, many things that matter and then they get outraged when Wendy's changes their hamburgers. People get outrageous over people. They get outraged over people being killed unjustly. And then they get outraged when Chick-fil-A changes their barbecue sauce from the original to a new smoky barbecue sauce. And Twitter and Facebook exploded. The true story. Exploded. Demanding them go back. and Everybody's outraged over everything. Can I tell you as the church where I've got to take my provoking... I don't take it to you. 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 I don't take it on social media. I take it to a place of prayer. I take it to a place of Oh, you got to hear me. I take it to a place of prayer. That's the New Testament way. Because then when I take it to a place of prayer, my provoking becomes prayer. And if I stay in the prayer long enough, that prayer causes me to prevail. And the Spirit falls from heaven and fire set upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and begin to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them the utterance. What they understood is that I can't get up from this place of prayer and go advance the kingdom until first I have a personal breakthrough. Until first the fire falls on me, I can't expect it to fall on anybody else. Until the fire falls in my life, I can't expect it to fall on my lost loved ones or my friends or my family. And so they prayed after their provoking and then they prayed prevailed and I'm preaching to this church tonight uh, that it's the very same pattern uh, in 2018 uh, that you've been provoked uh, but you got to decide what you're going to do with the provoking Uh, you can get mad you can get bitter you can get out with God uh, you can have it out with people or you can take it to a place of prayer uh, and say God you are my only option I don't know about you but I've walked through some dark days in my life. I don't know about you. You don't know my story. I don't know your, many of your stories. But I've walked through some dark days in my life. There's some days I didn't know if I was going to make it. There's some days I wanted life to be over. I don't have time to tell you my story tonight. But I'm telling you, I, 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 it wasn't always blessed. Rainbows and sunshine in my life. I don't know what your story is. But I'm telling you, in those times of struggle and in those times of testing, in those times where people wound you and hurt you and turn their back on you uh, you've got to make up your mind what you're going to do you've got to make up your mind how you're going to respond you've got to make up in your mind what are you going to do what are you going to do I can take you I, I, I'm wanting to do a close musicians get ready I got to hurry up I, I'm, I can take you uh, to the place to the house I grew up in when, when chaos started breaking out in my family and chaos was breaking out in the church and th- everything that could go wrong was going wrong and uh, my mother and stepdad were getting divorced and every, everything seemed like it was coming unraveled in my life I can take you to the place uh, I could take you to the house I could take you to the room uh, where I used to lay down beside my bed after we'd have a move of the Holy Ghost and as a young child I would lay beside my bed I don't know why I laid 
on the floor because I had a perfectly good bed but I'd lay on the floor and I'd just lay there and cry and I'd just lay there and weep I'd just lay there and cry and sometimes I talked to God but sometimes I just wept because life hurt so bad and I didn't understand but yet I felt the presence of God and I felt the spirit of God at church and I don't even know why I know it was the beginning of intercession but I didn't understand it as a child I didn't perceive what God was doing in my life but I'd lay there and weep but what I learned at a very young age is I learned that when life provokes you you've got one option that is going to end well and that is to take that provoking to a place of prayer to lay it out before the Lord And so it becomes a pre-programmed response. That when I am provoked, it's just the first step in the pattern. And the next thing I do is I take it to a place of prayer. And if I take it to the place of prayer, I'm going to prevail. And so I'm telling you right now, whether it's big or I'm not perfect, but whether it's big provoking or little provoking. I've had days in my life, even since we've been married and in ministry for a number of years, there's been days where I just wanted to go back to bed. You ever had days like that? You ever experienced pain that was just excruciating? Disappointment? hurt you just you'd give anything just to snap your fingers and it all go away I don't care who you are or what your background is pain is pain and provoking is provoking everybody has a different story but pain is pain but I'm telling you I've learned a response that gets the attention of heaven And it's a simple little key that begins at the very start of the book of Acts that God sent me to share with you tonight. That if you'll take it to a place of prayer, then prevailing will come. And I've got news for you. Now, I don't... I wish I could tell you that once you walked through the pattern... It was over. It was done with. It was like you were provoked and then you went to prayer and then you prevailed and voila. Easy street, baby. No. Because the Holy Ghost is poured out in Acts Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 3, they're involved in ministry and miracles as a result of the outpouring. You see, you, you understand in the place of prayer where the Spirit is poured out and you prevail, you understand there that it's not by might or by power, but by my Spirit, saith the Lord. You understand that you can't produce kingdom growth on your own. We can't change this world on our own, but by the power of the Spirit. And they get up and they go and in Acts chapter 3. There's miracles and there's ministry. And I wish I could tell you that after all the miracles and ministry, that everybody in town just said, good job, great job, guys. Boy, well, we're sorry we ever killed Jesus. I mean, just we just apologize. And They were doing the work of God, and that's not what happened. And you know what they did? Because they were working for God, they beat them, and they threw them in prison overnight. Peter and John. Now, 
I don't know about you, but Jesus and I have had a couple of these conversations over the years that go something like this. Hey, Lord, you remember me? My name's Luke. I work for you. I'm on your team. You know all of this that's just happened? I think that was meant for my neighbor. He's, he's kind of a jerk. I, I, I think maybe the wrong address. The angels may have mixed things up a little bit. Anybody ever been there? I've had a few conversations with the Lord. I'm a believer. I'm not just a fly-by-night believer, Lord. I work in your kingdom. I sacrifice for your kingdom. Are you sure this is supposed to come to me? But you see, the cycle just keeps repeating. The pattern just keeps repeating. Watch this. Oh, I, man, I've preached too long. But, you know, it, just, it, just, it just repeats because they're thrown in jail. They're beat and they're thrown in jail in Acts chapter 4 for the miracle, okay? But then, watch this. If you respond to the pattern correctly, that means with every new day of provoking, with every new day of challenge, with every new day of difficulty, you just keep taking it right back to that place of prayer. You just keep taking it right back to that prayer closet. And guess what the pattern does? As the pattern continues to play out, it enlarges your territory. It enlarges your ministry. And it expands the kingdom. My God. Let me show you how this works. Let me show you how this works. Because in Acts chapter Two, it was just believers in the upper room. They were already believers. In Acts chapter 3, they go find one lame man at the gate of the temple. And the life is changed for one lame man. He gets up and is leaping and is praising God. And, and one man has a life change. Then they're beat and they're thrown in jail. So we restart the whole pattern over. They're, they're beat and thrown in jail. And, and, and Lord, man... I, I'm on your team, God. You're supposed to be helping me now. And, and I just did your work, and I did what you told me to do. And, and now, no, no, just take it to a place of prayer. But watch what happens in the next chapter. The Pharisees, the Sadducees, the Sanhedrin, they bring them in front of the entire city in an effort to discredit the miracle, in an effort to, to damage their credibility. You better be very careful when you try to damage the credibility of a man of God. You better be very careful when you try to damage the credibility of a child of God. They bring them in front of the whole council and they ask them this question. By what power or by what name have you done this? They're trying to set them up. But really all they did Think about it. They were preaching to an audience of one before the provoking. Now you've just set me up in front of the entire city. And you've given me a captive audience. 
And so when Simon Peter was asked the question, by what power or by what name have you done this? In verse number 10, he answers and he says, be it known unto you all and to all that dwell in Jerusalem that by the power of the name of Jesus, whom you crucified, but God raised from the dead, even by him does this man stand before you whole. This was the stone which was set at not of your builders, but has become the head of the corner. Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Ah. You see what the enemy doesn't understand. What he thought was going to get them to give up. All it did was give him a bigger platform. All it did was give him a bigger audience. All it did was take him to a new level of effectiveness and ministry. And you hear the word of God for this church tonight and for believers in this church. There's going to be provoking. There's going to be attack. The adversary will not sit silent while you advance the kingdom. But the good news is that you're in good company because it was the same pattern in the book of Acts. And you can go from the beginning of Acts all the way to the end. And the pattern just keeps playing out. And the pattern just keeps playing out. And the good news is that if you just keep taking the provoking to a place of prayer it's like going to a new level it's like going to a new step the provoking the prayer and then there's going to be a new place of ministry the provoking and the prayer and then I'm going to prevail to a new place of ministry and then I'm going to advance to a new area of harvest and a new dimension of increase if I'm preaching to somebody right now that recognizes the pattern in your life and wants it to continue and wants God to elevate you like he elevated his early church I want you to throw your hands in the air right now I want you to lift up your voice stand to your feet lift up your voice and surrender surrender yourself to the pattern of the spirit surrender yourself to the pattern of revival Jesus, 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 Jesus 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 Jesus, 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 Jesus. Yeah. Jesus, Jesus. I'm preaching to every believer in this church right now. I'm preaching to every believer that is gathered in this room. Whether you're a member of this church or you're so kind to be a guest tonight. I'm preaching to every believer in this room right now. And I'm telling you that weeping may endure for a night. But joy comes in the morning. I serve notice to every tired, every weary believer, every battle-worn believer. And I tell you that if my people, which are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face you've got to seek him you've got to turn to him he said I'm going to hear from heaven I'm going to heal their land I'm going to forgive their sin I'm going to set them in a new place and I'm telling you right now the presence of God is in this room for this purpose and for this reason to bring revelation and understanding to every believer that is in the battle.
Every head's bowed, every eye's closed. Every head's bowed, every eye's closed. I feel such a strong current of his presence right now. If you're a believer in this room and you've been weary and worn from the battle, you've been weary and worn from the battle. It doesn't mean you've sinned. It doesn't mean there's anything wrong with you. In fact, the opposite is true. It means there's something right with you. It means that there's something that the adversary deems worthy of attack. But if you're here in this place tonight, and, and, and while the church is advancing, while tree of life is moving forward, you, you are dealing with battle fatigue. Uh, you, there, there is no shame. I'm with you. I put myself with you. I want you to step out of where you're at. I want you to walk down to the front of this room. And let me tell you what's going to happen when you do. When you get to the front of this room, there is miraculous strength that is going to come from heaven. There's miraculous strength that is going to fall just as the fire fell in Acts chapter 2. If you're here in this place and you find yourself battle-worn and... I'm preaching to some people right now that you're not only fighting hell, but you're fighting members of your own household, right? Come on. I'm asking you to gather in as close as you can. Gather in as close as you can. And if you're here and you need the gift of the Holy Ghost, uh, you can receive it. That was the Holy Spirit that fell in Acts chapter 2. I didn't talk much about it tonight, uh, but the same Spirit that fell in Acts chapter 2 can fall on you. Uh, It's in this place right now. Now lift up your hands. Lift up your hands. Lift up your hands. uh, All across this altar, lift up your hands. lift up your hands and as you lift up your hands now lift up your voice and just begin to thank him just begin to praise him Lord I thank you that you placed me in this process I thank you that you put me in the kingdom for such a time as this and now Lord I pray by the authority of your word and by the power of your name I pray right now that there would be supernatural strength infused into the life of every believer I pray that there there would be strength for the journey ahead. I pray that there would be empowerment for the ministry at the next level. I pray right now that you would do a work in and through them that only you can do, oh great God. In the name of Jesus. Come on, that's it. Let it flow. Let it flow. Let it flow. Let it flow. Come on, somebody just begin to pray in the Holy Ghost right now. Somebody just begin to pray in the Holy Ghost right now. Pray in the Holy Ghost. In the name of Jesus. If you feel so led in the Spirit, you can pray with somebody near you. If you're a believer, you can pray with somebody near you. If you feel so led of the Spirit, there are people in this place that are seeking God. There are people in this place that need to be renewed tonight. Yes, yes, yes. you to listen to me for just a minute. Here's what I feel of the Holy Ghost right now. What you've got to undo to unlock this outpouring, the 
power of the Spirit and strength. You've got to submit yourself to the process. You've got to submit yourself to the pattern. And what that means is you've got to say, Lord, not my will, but thine be done. God, I'm not going to fight against it. And I'm not going to wrestle against it. I'm not going to work against it. Lord, it hasn't come wrapped in it, packaged like I want it to, uh, but I am not going to fight against it. Uh, but Lord, I accept what you have for me. And Lord, I'm going to walk with you. I'm going to seek your face. I'm going to seek your face. And I'm going to pray until there's a prevailing spirit that moves through me. In the name of Jesus, come on. All across this room, would you lift up your voice and would you pray a prayer of Submission. Come on, lift up your voice uh, and pray a prayer of submission. Uh, lift up your voice and as you, come on, that's it, that's it. Uh, as you pray that prayer that uh, says, Lord, not my will, but thy will be done. Uh, you're going to feel strength from heaven fall uh, in the name of Jesus, uh, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Uh, hallelujah. Come on, let it flow, let it flow, let it flow, let it flow uh, in the name of Jesus. Uh, Yes, 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 Lift up your voice all across this altar. God's not done yet. He's only just begun. Lift up your voice all across this altar. Yes. Yes. Make me a house of prayer. If you need the Holy Ghost, you can receive it right now. If you need a miracle, you can receive it right now. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus.